What do you need to know about pay as you save? We'll find out today on Renew Gurus. Hello out there in podcast world, this is Renew Gurus, your source for all things energy policy and politics in Missouri and beyond. My name is James Owen, I'm the Executive Director of Renew Missouri. Running the boards, our producer, Matt Patterson. Matthew. James. How are you? I'm doing great. I got one of these great Andes mints that you know, I know you can't have until after we're done. I know because, as I said, I want to make sure that my that this uh, wonderful instrument of mine is unencumbered uh, by any chocolate. It's an old theater trick. You do not eat before you go on stage. Uh, we are coming to you uh, from the Office of Public Counsel conference room. The Office of Public Counsel, the uh, ratepayer advocate for the state of Missouri, is nice enough to let us use their offices because we are in Jefferson City talking to our special guest, Mark Casey. He is now you're are the, the director, manager, how would you uh, the general manager. General manager of the Washita Electric Cooperative in Arkansas. You are in the Arkansas Delta, is that correct? Uh, far south Arkansas, that's correct. What what town is it? Is it Cameron? Is uh, it Camden, Arkansas? Camden. Okay. I, I kept looking up Cameron and that was like not getting me anywhere, but you are in Camden, Arkansas, and people might be asking, why on earth do you have a rural co-op manager from Arkansas on Renew Gurus? Well, believe it or not, folks, uh, we are in the middle of our uh, hearing. Kansas City Power and Light is doing their Missouri Energy Efficiency Investment Act, or MIA, portfolio, uh, and that has been going on for well over a year, and we finally got this to hearing. The regulators are giving us grief about it. Company's giving us grief about it. One of the things the company is giving us grief about is because our organization, Renew Missouri, is pushing a concept called pay as you save or pays. And Mark, you have experience with pays. That's correct. Uh, you use it at your cooperative, correct? Uh, we've been we've had it up and running for about three years now. Okay. Now I know we've alluded to this. We've actually never done a whole podcast on this subject. Um, so I'm going to try to do my best to explain it in a nutshell. And if I'm missing anything, well, I want you to correct me because I want to make sure I'm getting this right because <laughs> I might have to be testifying about this tomorrow. Um, so the, the concept is this. Okay, so if you are a um, customer or a member of a cooperative, like say, for example, yours, or you're a customer of like an investor-owned utility like KCPNL, um, you would, if you wanted to participate in pay as you save, you would have to get kind of like someone to check out your uh, living space, your house, your apartment, and make sure that that it was suitable for this. And so basically the idea is they're going to figure out what needs to be done to make your house as energy efficient as possible. And they have to show you how much that's going to cost. And they're going to have to show you how much that's going to save on your energy bill because what happens then if you're approved for this is the improvements are done that money comes from the utility, and you pay it back through your utility bill. And ultimately, your utility bill has to be cheaper than it was, even with this loan, and even with this interest rate, before you started. So basically, you would have to, um, you would have to show that there's gonna be some economic benefit to the customer. And this is something that is gonna be part of your bill 
and that's what pay as you save is. Am I am I off on that that's, by too much? That's pretty close. Okay. <laughs> what have I missed? What, what are some of the basics well, I missed? First of all, it's not a loan. Did I say a loan? <laughs> oh, my gosh. We were just talking about how everyone calls this a loan, and it's not a loan, and I just did that. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> any one of our members that wants to participate right. can, can request. Okay. Uh, we'll come out and do the evaluation you discussed. Okay. And then we determine what measures can be taken uh, that will pay for themselves. Yeah. Uh, 90% of all of our participants have uh, zero down. Okay. And we calculate the savings, and 80% of those savings go to repay our investment. Right. And 20% of the savings go straight to the consumer starting day one or with the first month's bill. Wow, 20%. Yes. Okay, that seems substantial. So, like, okay, so I want to talk about this process a little bit, and thank you for clarifying that. So, when you send somebody out, you say you send somebody out. Do you have someone, do you have a, do you have staff in the co-op who do this or is it someone something you contract out how does that work uh we have been contracting out to get qualified energy auditors to okay. come out and uh, like i say they would come out and, and do uh, the walkthrough on the house they do a blower door test mm -hmm. pretty extensive energy audit actually right and uh there's no charge for this service. yeah um, so even if they don't end up participating they don't have to pay any money for that that's correct okay so, and I mean, and I want to kind of give people a sense of where you're at. I mean, how big is your cooperative? Like, what's its service area? Well, we serve five counties in South Arkansas. Okay. And in the scheme of things, we're a pretty small electric utility. But, right. uh, uh, but other than that, we're just like any other electric utility. Yeah. We have to meet the demands of our of our members to provide their electric needs. And something that's interesting that we were talking about before we went off on mic was you are regulated by your uh, by your um, by basically whatever the Public Service Commission is in Arkansas mm -hmm. yes which is not what we do in Missouri the rural electric cooperatives are not regulated by the Public Service Commission here in Arkansas all of the all of the utilities are regulated by the Public Service Commission even like municipalities uh, municipalities are exempt okay so they have the investor owned utilities you have the rural electric cooperatives and they all have to come before the public is it the Public Service Commission down there? It's Arkansas Public Service okay. Commission. Okay. Um, you know, you see PUC in places. It, it's like a, it's an alphabet suit. So you go in front of the Arkansas Public Service Commission, so whenever you want to raise rates or get a, a program approved or do a merger or acquisition or something like that, you've got to go for them. That's correct. So these counties that you serve, that your cooperative serves, it, um, I mean, is it a safe characterization to say that it's uh, that the the uh, the demographics of that, as far as economics go, are challenging for a cooperative? Uh, very challenging. We're let's say far south Arkansas. We're considered part of the Delta region, and right? We have all the problems associated with Delta region. The unemployment. Uh, it's pretty high. Uh, very. Uh, you know, actually, it's it's started to decrease here in the last okay. few years. That's good. Uh, uh, we, we've seen some some increases with by some of our industries. So, yeah. Uh, and one of the challenges that with any rural area is you also have customers who are pretty spread out. I mean, you don't have a lot of population centers in that cooperative, do you? Uh, no. In fact, the, the largest single town that we serve has a population of almost 2,200. <laughs> oh, my almost. gosh. Almost. almost. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's like, I mean, I don't know, Patterson. I mean, there's like Fayette. I mean, it's like I'm trying to think of towns that size around here. Uh, Fayette is kind of in mid-Missouri. I'm trying to think in like um, southwest Missouri where we're from. Uh, what's a, gosh, Marionville. what's Marionville, I guess. Okay, I'm just trying to give example. I mean, small towns. 
small towns and mainly the county area. Yeah, and so when you're looking at that, you're looking at the fact that like you don't have a lot of neighborhoods. You have a lot of people living out in the country, big lots, big fields, people maybe living out in the woods. I mean, so you're talking about the fact that you have that challenge in not only are people not they don't have a lot of money to spend, but they also, it's a challenge to build an infrastructure for them. Yes. Um, now, where do you get, so there's a little more education here. I mean, you don't, are you just dis- distribution only? We are distribution only. We buy our power from Arkansas Electric Co-op, who okay. owns power plants around the state. Right, so they have like a, probably a number of like generation and transmission organizations that yeah. you yes. work with. Okay, so you get your power from them, you get it to your customers, but you're ultimately in charge of making decisions about things like, well, pays. Yes. Okay. So now, so, okay. So when you go into these, I just want to get a little bit of that background because I thought it was important for people to know kind of what your challenges are just running an, uh, an electric cooperative down there. So you do this, you do this audit, you do this test, you do these blow door tests. I mean, that's basically where they just, they, they, they seal up the door and they just make sure they figure out where all the leaks are, right? We try to identify all the leaks in a house and, and how much that volume or uh, you think of it, it might be like you could measure the area like an open door, a door left open, leaking air. Right, and right. That, even though it may be leaking under the, uh, th- through duct loss or around the windows and door frames, depending right. on where it comes from. So you're looking at potentially, like when you're looking at those kind of audits, I mean, you're looking at you could potentially like offer improvements for windows, uh, yeah, what are you looking at? What, what, can, what can you offer these folks? Generally, we do ceiling around the windows. Ceiling. Uh, caulk, caulking. We don't really replace the windows. It's really difficult for us to... That seems expensive. ...to, to, to justify replacing the windows and, and make sure that it can pay itself back in the amount of time. Right. Yeah, okay. Because you have to be mindful of all of that because you don't want people to spend more money to fix this stuff. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> so you're talking about ceilings. I mean, so... So you're basically just going through and giving people, here's what we think needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, so when you look at that, I mean, <coughs> how, how many of these do you approve? I mean, I guess I, I would like to kind of know how many people are interested in doing this. How many do you look at? How many do you actually participate? How many, like, are enrolled? If you can share that stuff. Sure. Um currently have uh, just under 600 houses that have participated in the program okay and i say houses it also includes apartments and, yeah uh in addition to houses we've also done uh we've done our our public buildings for like counties schools mm, right. uh, senior citizen center so government um, entities can take advantage of this yes and and rural governments and school districts are much like rural population it's very difficult to come up with budget dollars to yeah. make those improvements and your utility bill is something you can't really avoid pretty hard to avoid it. <laughs> so yeah and i, and I want to go back to kind of getting back to this other point about um about whether it's a it's a loan or not because i use the phrase loan <laughs> and we've one of the complaints we've had from people is when they misunderstand this is they think it's a loan but i mean here's an important thing to remember about this um, this is built into a tariff. And so in, in case people are, I think we've educated people about this out there. A tariff is basically the legal document that's underlying of your bill. Um, you know, you, you get your bill, but that's, if it's approved by somebody like the Public Service Commission, the details of how much that is versus 
how it's designed for your particular class of customer, that's done through a tariff. So that, that's so to make sure we understand that's what it is. You hear tariffs and you think, oh, is that what we're fighting with China over? But it's um, but that's what it is. And so this is basically a pay-as-you-save tariff. It's part of your bill. Yes. So it's not a loan. It's part of what you're paying as to, to your utility. And here's another thing that's really important as far as our advocacy for this goes and why I think the Office of Public Counsel likes this and why some of these other groups that work with low-income customers like this is it also doesn't follow the customer around if they move. There's no debt incurred. Um, we don't do a credit check. Yeah. If you get power from the cooperative, you're eligible uh, for these improvements. And, uh, and and this is particularly true for rental property because mm-hmm. uh, before pays, there really wasn't any recourse a renter had to improve the structure they live in. <laughs> because renters, I mean, like, let's be honest, like most landlords don't, they're not responsible for the utility bill. The tenant is. And so they don't really have any kind of incentive to fix that, right? No. Uh, like I say, they're not pay- the landlords do not pay the bill, so they're not too worried. Yeah. Um, the the renters, they don't know how long they're going to be there, so they don't want to make a, an investment that's right. going to take 10 years to, to recoup. Uh, but with the pays tariff, we can go out and make improvements to rental property. Uh, we've yet, we haven't found a landlord yet that said, no, I'm not going to let you improve the property. <laughs> it, seems, it seems like they would like this kind of uh, thing. Most of the landlords are, are, are very happy about it because we're improving their property. Yeah, so like even when these tenants leave and they want to participate in this, I mean, it's still something that's going to benefit them in the duration because ultimately you're adding value to what they own. Yes. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, a lot of people, you, 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 another thing we were talking about off mic is you said people seem really surprised when you say we don't do credit checks on people. I mean, well, but your utility, though, I mean, you have to provide power to people. Uh, I think I got that concept Very right. few places we, <laughs> well, there's not any places we serve that don't buy power. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, so ultimately, this is a public good you're selling. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's defined by the law. That's defined by, I mean, that's that's pretty much uniform everywhere. So, when you have to look at this, you're really looking at pays as being part of that power that you're selling. Except you're not, but that's the thing about energy efficiency. And that's the thing that's kind of hard for people to wrap their head around this is the whole reason that we've gone through over a year of, of fighting with, with uh, regulators about the Kansas City Power and Lights filing and we have a hearing about this today is because it's a it's a perverse situation we find ourselves in we want utility companies to engage in energy efficiency efforts however they sell power to 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 operate and so therefore it doesn't give them any incentive to um to engage in energy efficiency because they're selling less power so that's something we're trying to fix and in missouri with the missouri energy efficiency investment act we basically said we're giving an economic incentive to utility companies to do that. Um, so, like, let me ask you, what's the incentive for a utility company to do pays? Well, as a cooperative, we have to buy power. Right. And then as a distribution cooperative, we resell it. Yeah. And there's two components. There's the energy and then there's the capacity. Yeah. And when someone participates in the pays program and they, we provide them a, a, a new heating and air system that's mm-hmm. a, that is a 16-seer air conditioner uh, that air conditioner uses less of our system 
in their old unit. Mm-hmm. And that means we can serve other customers without having to buy extra power. So even, even people that aren't participating in the program save money because our overall cost of power is reduced when people participate. Because you don't have to worry about capacity issues. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's and that and that's like the thing that another thing that people don't really it's hard to get people to grasp is, yes, if it's benefiting one customer, it's going to try to like have like an impact over everyone else. I mean, that's that's why even though like industrial customers aren't required in Missouri to participate in MIA or they're, they're kind of exempt from that. I mean, it still has benefits to everybody. Um, and that's what we're always trying to figure out is like, how does every customer get some advantage from this? Well, they all get lower power cost from us, mm-hmm. which keeps our bills from increasing. Uh, but we also get a more efficient electric system so mm-hmm. that uh, it operates uh, better in extreme temperatures. Yeah. Um, and, and that benefit, we have fewer outages. Does it get hot in the Arkansas Delta? It gets really hot. <laughs> <laughs> you have some warm yeah. days in, yeah. in the summer and maybe now. <laughs> You know, I don't think you ever get used to the humidity. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's probably right. I mean, it, it gets humid around Missouri, but I cannot imagine. I mean, well, St. Louis is really humid, right, Matthew? I mean, you spent some time there. Right next to the river. Can't it's right next to the river, river. yeah. So you can't get away from the uh, from the from the moisture there. So how long has uh, Washita been participating in this? How long have you had pays? Uh, we started in the spring of 2016. And how did you? I mean, was this something you championed? Uh, I did. Uh, we were doing um, an on-bill financing program mm-hmm. where we actually loaned money for people to get new insulation and duct sealing. Yeah. And But that really wasn't getting the savings that we wanted to see. Right. And uh, we knew that HVAC equipment was, was where we needed to go, but, uh, uh, but that involved a, a bigger investment on our part. Uh, and if it was a loan, it was more risky. Yeah, but yeah. by going with the pays, uh, it, it's, it's not as risky, and it, like I say, it's it's easier for the consumers to participate mm-hmm. because there's there's no income requirements, there's there's no credit check, there's no debt. Yeah. If someone moves, uh, and this is what's unique about the tariff, is that the next person that moves into that property that's the the rate they pay and the improvements yeah. to that because they're seeing the benefit now they still see the benefit right so where did you learn about it i mean you see other utility companies doing it you know well there was a co-op in uh, in north carolina yeah uh, roanoke electric cooperative and uh they started it and uh, we talked to them and then we heard about it from uh, the energy efficiency institute out yeah. of vermont is and, that harlan uh, that is Harlan, yeah. Not Lockley. I know Harlan. Yeah, <laughs> he is a boy. He is he he is a he is all about this stuff. No, he is, and uh, and sold <laughs> us sold us on the idea. Yeah, yeah. We work with yeah because we're we're working with like we're trying to get co-ops to do this. We're wanting to get the investor-owned utilities to do this, and so we work with them quite a bit. Um, so, did you find skepticism from your board of directors? You have a board of directors. Uh, we report to a board of directors. Yeah. Uh, Yes, they they were skeptical. Uh, my own staff was skeptical. Yeah, when I brought this up. They're going, "Are you crazy? What are you thinking?" Yeah, because another <laughs> another thing we hear from people is they're like, "Well, we're a utility. We don't want to be a bank." You hear that a lot, right? Was that yes. something they said? Uh, yeah, I heard that this morning. So what's yeah? So what? Yeah, that's yeah. We hear it all the time. So what's your response to that? I mean, are you becoming a financial lender by doing this? Well, we're not really lending money. Um, right. Like I say we don't do a credit check. It's uh, 
uh, we look at it as if we're investing in property improvements. Right. And uh, just like any invest investment, we expect to earn a return on it. Mm-hmm. And that return for us is lowering our peak demand. Yeah. Because, like I say, if I have to go buy that power, but if you lower my peak demand, I have to, I, I'm able to buy less of it. So. Yeah. And that goes straight to the bottom line. And peak and demand, just and we've talked about this a little bit, but that's like what the most maximum amount of power you're using at any given point in a day. If you were in Arkansas on August the 22nd, uh, that was a peak day. <laughs> it was that's, about, that's, it was the, about a, that's the highlight, huh? <laughs> it was about 110 that day. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so miserable. <laughs> and, uh, believe me, it was. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet it was, yeah. So, okay, so, I mean, yeah, because, I mean, like, the, and that's another thing about energy efficiency that I'm always trying to tell people is, like, look, you know, utilities are investing in this like they would, and this, this is not you because you're distributive only, but, like, if they're building a power plant or transmission lines, or I guess in your case, if you're talking about, like, you know, just any kind of distributive energy resource, like, you got to buy meters, uh, you've got to buy you've got to buy equipment that gets it from the line to people's houses. So that's infrastructure that this is helping with. So this is like anything. This is like any other capital you got to go find, right? Yes, it. Uh, you know, it makes existing transformers perform better. We don't yeah. have to. They don't have to be upgraded. Uh, right. When the transformers are not overloaded, uh, we have fewer outages. Uh, uh-huh. The the wires are not overloaded. Uh, mm-hmm. And as you reduce the load on them, they automatically perform better. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, so ultimately this is like kind of easing up on like what you have to do with the grid, mm-hmm. which is good for the infrastructure, which is good for, you know, the fact that you don't, you won't have to like replace those as much, which means that you won't have to like go back to your customers asking for a rate increase because you're having to buy all this new equipment. So, I mean, that all seems really good to me. What were some of the other things you heard from your board and your staff when they said like, what are you crazy? Why are you doing this? Well, when they when they first heard, what do you mean you're not going to ask for a credit check? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, we have a hard time getting a lot of these people yeah. to pay their electric bills already. And, yeah, uh, but you don't have anyone to fault on this, right? Uh, like I say, we've done just about 600 homes to date. We've not had a single default. Whoa, Amron, KCPNL, Liberty, if you're hearing this, I hope you heard that number. Yeah, because I mean, like ultimately. You're helping to drive down costs. I mean, that should be helpful. Well, and um, uh, I mentioned Roanoke Electric Cooperative. Their numbers are identical. Are they really? They've had zero defaults. Wow. And and, uh, so between the two of us, it's over 1,000 homes. So in North, that's in North Carolina. I'm not very familiar where that is. Like, is that like kind of a is that like kind of a low income rural part uh, of the state? Uh, very much so. Okay. All right. Because I mean, like, let's be honest. If you look at Missouri, uh, the rural areas are, I mean, there's not a lot of money there. All the industries left. <laughs> I mean, agriculture is not making the money it was. I know this cause my parents are farmers and, um, yeah, it's harder and, and people are just, but utility bills are still one of those things that everybody has to pay. So when you're looking at rural electric cooperatives, I mean, that's kind of a, that's not what we're talking about here with the Arkansas Delta is not unique. I mean, most rural electric cooperatives have this issue. Uh, almost every rural cooperative. Yeah. Now, some of the cooperatives that were the metropolitan area has grown out to meet them. They're, oh, they're, sure. They've now changed, but uh, right. The the really rural areas, uh, we have, we have about five meters per mile of line. 
that's, and so so there's that's, that's a rough ratio. And there, there's many times, <laughs> well, you can drive several miles before and following the line before you even see a, a, a house or a meter. Yeah, um, many houses seem to get clustered in the same area. Yeah. But, uh, our average is five meters per mile of line. Oh wow! And so, like, what's is there an industry there? What's what would you say? I mean, you obviously have service industry. I mean, what do people? I mean, what do people do for a living there generally in your area? You know, primarily in our area, it would be in the timber business. You have saw, okay. sawmills, people working in the logwoods. Well, and those take a lot of electricity. And, uh, they, they take a lot of electricity. Uh, we are fortunate. We do have an industrial park uh, that that we serve. Oh, okay. Uh, so we're. We're fortunate to have that and that we have some industrial customers. Yeah, and because some rural electric cooperatives don't really have, like, any industry. Uh, that's more the rule than the exception. Uh, that's right. Um, and so and in regards so because you've got this North Carolina co-op, you're doing this. I mean, what are some of the, I mean, do you know, you talk to any other people in rural electric cooperatives around the country who are doing this kind of work that's, they're using this program? Uh, there's about 10 cooperatives I'm aware of that are okay. doing this now. And, and are, I mean, are they in the south? Are they like in the east? Where where are they? Are they just all over? Uh, most of the ones are in the south, southeast. Um, but you're starting to see more around the country. I've been talking to some folks up in the Washington State area. Mm, they're they're okay. very interested in this. You know, they're now uh, forever. They had uh, pretty much very low cost hydropower. But right, as that's yeah. been absorbed, uh, they're facing many of the same challenges that other co-ops face. Well, I mean, you're also, like in states like Washington, you probably got more environmental regulations that are going to have an impact on that. And that's another thing, too. Like when you, I mean, I know right now we have a current federal administration who says we're cutting back on regulations. We're going to try to make it easier to, to produce coal. But the reality is, I mean, that's not really, <laughs> like, that's not really what's happening. I mean, like, it still is a lot to operate and maintain a coal plant. Right, it's a really costs a lot to operate and maintain a dam. Yes, you know, yeah, we're looking at uh, two coal plants uh, shutting down in Arkansas by 2028, 2030. Yeah, and that agreement's already been reached, and uh, so in order to replace those coal plants, uh, we're hoping that a big part of it can come from energy efficiency. Yeah, we're also hoping uh, the rest of it can come from solar power. Hmm. So, yeah, and I mean, that's another, since you do distribution only, um, do you have, does your, does your uh, generation and transmission have any solar on there? Arkansas is pretty um, rough on that stuff, we've well, noticed. There's not a lot. Um, there's a facility planned uh, for next year. Oh, okay. Uh, but we do have uh, quite a bit of solar in our area. Um, one of our industries put in a 12 megawatt solar facility oh, wow. behind their meter that we supported. Oh, uh, wow. Okay. That's a lot. We also um, helped the Arkansas legislature uh, change the laws on, on solar so that more people could participate. Like, like net metering laws? Uh, net metering is a big topic in Arkansas right now. It's always um, a big topic up here about how to like make it worse. <laughs> yeah. We get a lot of that up here. <laughs> you know. Well, this year we started including home solar as part of our yeah. Hayes program. I was going to ask, that was going to be where I was leading to with this, because I remember you and I sat on a panel uh, last year in Atlanta, Georgia, at the Rural Energy Conference, um, which was pretty neat. And I think I was talking about distributive energy resources, uh, and you talked about this. You talked about Pays, and you said... I just remember that was the first time I ever heard you speak. I was like, this guy is so good at this. Like, because he doesn't come off as slick. 
you don't come off as somebody who's like. I mean, I mean that. Does that sound? No, no, no yeah, that sounds. <laughs> okay, I mean like because well, like most. Okay, let's be honest. Let's be honest. You go to these conferences, and most of the people that are speaking about this, this is where I was trying to go with this. They look like they came from like some sort of generator that produced like TED talks. And I sit there and I think to myself, well, this is never going to work in Missouri. Because the people I talk to in Missouri are Republican, they're conservative, they come from rural areas, and they don't want to see like, hey, look at this brand new shiny object. And here you are, you're sitting here saying, talking about dollars and cents, you're talking about like the logistics that go into your infrastructure, and you're just like to the point. There, I mean, there's, I mean, and so like I tried to meet, I, I meant that to sound nice. I hope it didn't come no. off as bad. <laughs> no, no, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, but I thought, this is the guy who should be talking about this. That was my point I was trying to get at, because this guy, when I'm talking to, you know, regulators in Missouri, decision makers in Missouri, they want to see somebody who, like, just cut right to it. And I, that's when I heard you talking, I thought that, and then you said something, you're going to start adding solar to this. So when did that start? Uh, we started earlier this year. Yeah. Um, the solar has been a bit of a challenge because uh, our financing terms were limited to 10 years to recover our investment. Oh, okay. And, yeah. um, so for most people that are doing residential solar, they have to pay a down payment mm, uh, right. to qualify for the financing we have for solar. But, because in uh, Missouri, it's like 12 to 15 years generally is what I is the literature I see. What we're seeing now is less than that. Oh, and, really? Uh, okay. Uh, very easily under 10 years. Okay. Um, if you buy it. And it's also, it's the cheapest power you can buy. Absolutely, I mean, without uh, question. I can tell you on my house, I'm paying right about five cents a kilowatt hour because of solar panels wow. I had installed. So how much, I mean, in, in Arkansas, because I'm not versed in Arkansas law down there, how much are you able to make from uh, solar panels on your home? Um, and well, not be kicked off the grid? Of course, it... it um, Right now, there, there's no limits uh, under the net metering laws in Arkansas. What? Uh, you, can, you can carry that over. I'm moving. For up to two years. Okay. All right. Uh, wow. And, uh, you, know, you know, realistically, uh, nobody's ever been able to collect on, on, uh, on the net metering because they, they, they use up the, their generation oh, some, sometime during the year. I see. Oh, okay. So you have annual true-ups down there. Well, uh, actually, you, you can run that out for two years, but if you oh, always wow, use okay. if you always use the oldest solar kilowatt hours first, it, it it doesn't ever really get there. So, and I also hear a lot of cooperatives and utility companies up here tell me how bad solar is for their utility. What do you think about that? <laughs> you know, and uh, it, it's really strange for people that really know me to find out that I've become one of the biggest solar advocates in Arkansas, <laughs> as well as energy efficiency. Yeah, but, but the the cost is what drives everything. And right, uh, I mentioned we have an industrial park, and uh, in 2015, uh, one of our industries came to us and said, uh, "We want to install solar." Mm -hmm. And because we were in South Arkansas, and we had taken some pretty big hits on losing major employers. Right. Uh, my answer to them was, "How can I help you get solar?" Wow. <laughs> see, that's like so. See, I think you're uh, like that's. What we'd like to see more of is people like, oh yeah, I want to see my customers actually, you know, continue to exist, <laughs> which has been a challenge actually in the state. Well, it, it's it's a it's been a challenge for us in, in South Arkansas as well, and 
only about two years before we had lost our, our largest customer as the electric co-op and also our largest employer. Wow. And um, so then when we had at, a year later, our <clears throat> largest consumer came to us and said they wanted to go solar. Mm-hmm. And uh, they, they were now our largest employer. Yeah. Uh, we, we did not want them uh, to leave. Well, whatever right. we had to do, we, we need those jobs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, so you find, I mean, I don't know how many solar customers you have in your cooperative. You know, right now, that, that number's pretty limited since we just started our, right. our residential program. Right. But, but per KW, uh, Washita Electric has more solar KW on their system than the rest of the state combined when you, if it's behind the meter solar. Okay. Wow. Wow. So, What's the, you said on the, on the houses that you're, they have to put the down payment down for the residential solar. How much is that average? It's coming out between 45 and 50% down. Oh, okay. But, uh, but what we're offering is uh, because we now have financing where we can offer 10 years at one half percent interest. Wow. And uh, yeah. which is very I'd take that deal any day of the week. And, uh, and that applies to all of our energy efficiency improvements. Oh, I see. Okay. So no credit checks on those. Uh, or, no no yeah. credit checks on those either. If, wow. it, if it's part of the page program, uh, and if you put 50% down, we're yeah. Sure. But that's still yeah. really new. Yes. That's still really new. So we need to like get some progress reports from you later <laughs> about how that's going. Yeah. Okay. So, and I guess you know one of the things that you know I always struggle with, with especially with energy efficiency programs, is how do you let people know about this? How do they learn about this? You know, we're we're not a big TV market. <laughs> <laughs> Where is your TV market? Uh, because we were like actually trying to figure out. Where we would fly, you drove up here, and, uh, uh, but uh, where would you I mean, Where where do you get your TV stations uh, from down there? Little Rock. Little Rock, and, okay. and that's about 100 miles away. Okay. Uh, would be the, the, well, not too the TV market. Yeah, okay. But, but uh, we market our program through local radio, newspaper, and our own newsletter that we send out yeah. to, to our members, as well as our website. And then you feel like that gets people's attention? Well, uh, we'd like to see more. Right. We'd like to see more people participate, but... Uh, it's, it's keeping us pretty busy. We're doing five to six homes a week. Oh my gosh! Well, that seems like that's getting that, that's getting people's attention. It's getting and and it's more word of mouth more than anything with right. the, the type of yeah. neighborhoods that we serve. Yeah, um, because people talk. People talk. They they talk to their neighbors. They talk to their relatives. And people wouldn't be signing up for this if they were hearing bad experiences. Well. And this is hard to believe, but you know, as a u- electric utility, we have a credibility gap. <laughs> I keep so, telling people that, <laughs> <laughs> and when they when they hear it from their their neighbor or their relative, they'll believe them more than they believe. Oh, them. sure, yeah. I mean, I, well, because people are like, well, no one likes paying their utility bill, so they just cuss about it, and they think, well, you know, I got to do this, and so yeah, so they, they think there's a natural thing that if they it's like taxes or anything else. But if they hear someone say, like, I had a really positive experience and are saving money, well, that would get my attention. <laughs> it, it gets people's attention. I, I like to tell everybody, don't be ashamed of your electric bill. Let everybody know what it is, especially when it's gone down. Yeah. And, uh, so, what do you, I mean, so, and I actually had a reporter ask me this last week because she uh, was noticing that we were, like, having you come up and that we have pays as part of our push with KCPNL. They said, "Why don't you think more utility companies said, why don't you think more have done this? Why don't why why do you think this hasn't caught on? Because it sounds like you've had a real success story here, and, and we're trying to get that word out. I think uh, it's really more of a generational change. Mm. I, I think right. 
I, I know in the, the electric co-op arena, people have done things a certain way for about 75 to 80 years, and, and they like to keep doing it that <laughs> yeah. way. And, well, it, and it's been successful for them. Utilities aren't known to be high risk. No, that hasn't changed. <laughs> yeah, that hasn't changed. I mean, like, I mean, that's one of the reasons why people invest in investor-owned utilities because it's a low-risk investment. You get a little bit of money for that. I mean, you know, and really, your your service is is kind of like reliability and making sure that the, when you flip on a light switch, the light comes on. People want to want to make sure the lights come on when they hit that switch. There, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's difficult for us. Uh, people see their lights blink. And uh -huh. they think of it as low-quality service. If yeah. it goes out, they think, well, there's a storm or some reason it went out. But, right. but, but they see <laughs> small interruptions as, as poor quality. And if you're able to minimize, like, with your, you know, with your transistors and your transmission lines, like, all the power going through that, that's going to make that less likely to happen. That's correct. So that's why energy efficiency is also good. All right. We're coming to the end of our time because I know you drove all the way up here. And you have been in a suit all day, waiting patiently <laughs> to testify. Uh, and I mean, ultimately, the reason that we wanted uh, Mr. Casey to come up is because this has been such a success story in an area where we sit, we look at it and say, well, we can work there. We know it can work for KCPNL. We know it can work for Ameren. We know it can work for Liberty, which Liberty is in southwest Missouri. It's also very rural, very spread out. I mean, they're... Every utility in Missouri, all the investor-owned utilities have been required to look at this by the Public Service Commission. And it has mainly been because our group and the Office of Public Council have been so insistent on it because we see a lot of value in this. And the reason we see a lot of value in this is because we talk to people who have seen value in this. I mean, your, your board of directors, I assume, are still happy with this program. Uh, they're still very happy. Uh, you know, I... And it still has to make business sense. We, yeah, just because we're a cooperative, we still have to. You're not running a charity. <laughs> we have to cover our costs. Yeah, but uh, and it's a very simple thing, really. Uh, and everybody who ever took accounting 101 understands is maximizing profit. Yeah, and uh, you can sell less and still increase margins, mm -hmm. and uh, that's what efficiency does. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh, so it makes very good business sense as well, and and most people will say when they see me they don't what they what they when they first look at me they don't see a big solar advocate and energy efficiency guy. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, uh, but uh, another reason why you're good for this. <laughs> that's but that's what I've become, and it's yeah. uh, it, it's good for our company, it's good for our consumers, and everybody wins, and that's what I like to say when you can when you can find a program that benefits everyone who participates, it's a really valuable thing. Yeah, I don't spend a lot of time in Jefferson City talking about the environment. I spend a lot of time talking about the cost of this, about how cheaper it is, about how we talk about like how it like helps, you know, uh, with the reliance on the grid and like all the stress on that. That's what I talk about, and that's why I like that you talk about it like that too, because I think that that's ultimately where this argument is going to win. If people can't afford uh, energy efficiency, uh, it doesn't matter. Right. It, right. It, it will never happen. It has to become affordable. Yeah. And I think that what you're showing is is that it does benefit people. you got 600 homes down there. I think that's a huge deal. And, I mean, you know, with, with Roanoke, 400 homes. I mean, I think that that shows that this is, this is something that's going to pay off. No pun intended. <laughs> or maybe I did intend that pun. I don't know. But is there anything else you'd like to share with our, like, 
10 listeners. That we have. No, we have more than 10 listeners. Uh, no, Alex, I appreciate the opportunity to come up here and share what we've learned. Yeah. And, I, and I think it's more of a learning and education experience, even for the utilities. I mean, historically, they have been focused on generation and production. Right. And uh, now they need to be looking at efficiency. And yeah. I think, I mean, I always like to say that the best kind of renewable energy is the energy you're not using. Mm. And I, I think that when you're looking at the challenges we're going to be facing as a state, as a country, as a world, is we need to figure out a way. We're seeing populations increase. We're, we're not seeing production decrease, but we need to make sure that we're like seeing these costs go down a little bit because that's going to make everyone's life a little bit easier. It's not going to solve major problems, but I think it can lead to a significant improvement for people over time. It, it can make a difference, and, and we like to think we're making a difference. You are making a difference, and we think that because you're up here spreading the gospel like a John the Baptist, that you'll be making a difference in Missouri as well. So thank you for coming to Jefferson City. Thank you for being on Renew Gurus, and thank you all for listening. We'd like to remind you that if you like what you heard on here, go uh, subscribe to this on iTunes or on Spotify. Also, uh, go write a review if it's positive. Don't write a negative review. I don't want to hear from you. Um, and also share this on your social media uh, networks because we think the more people that hear this, the more people are going to like this, and we really do think that uh, this is a message worth sharing. So, from all of us on behalf of Renew Missouri, we want to tell you to keep reaching for the stars.